Welcome back, everybody, to another non-episode of State of the Art. I say non-episode because this one's a little bit different. This is actually a little intro episode, um, an intro to this month's theme. So um, some of you might know this if you're following along closely, but we haven't officially announced this. In 2019, we wanted to start to move to organizing our podcast around um, different themes. Uh we like this idea for two reasons. The first is um, people, it, it's a little bit more magnetic if you can kind of organize a story around a central idea. So we really like this idea of um, telling compelling stories. But even more importantly, we thought that this was a really good opportunity to kind of highlight voices that we feel like are sometimes a little bit overlooked. Um, and to that end, this is also a really good opportunity to start to bring in some guest hosts who actually have a little bit better authority on these topics, on these themes, a little bit better first person knowledge, whatever the situation may be. Um, so for February, we were kind of kicking around between me and Ethan and our producer, Vanessa, um, the idea of inclusivity. We really like this idea of inclusivity, right? But we were trying to find someone who might be a little bit better voice than me, who's a 30-something white straight guy, right? And uh, Ethan just so happened a few months ago was on a fellowship for community builders in Israel and met a guy there, a visual arts producer who uses art and creativity to push progressive social movement. He celebrates diversity in marginalized communities. Um, we thought he was going to be a great guest host. He's sitting across from me right now. Trey Borden, welcome. We're so excited to have you. How are you feeling today? I feel great. Um, never underestimate the ability of a straight white 30 something to discuss <laughs> inclusivity. You know, don't sell yourself short. Oh, I will. I will talk about it all day long. Um, it's, you made the right choice, but, but we're happy to have you here. And, uh, look, I, you know, I actually, I'm just meeting you for the first time face to face today. Um, but you had a lot of time to spend with Ethan and Israel. Um, you guys got to know each other really well. Um, tell me, why do you think you're here? What, what's, uh, what's your story to get here? Oh, I think I'm here because we had a lot of tequila shots in Tel Aviv. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, it was very cultural. Yeah, I, I know Ethan. I'm Obviously. sure that's the absolute truth. No, but for real, I think that uh, one of the things about that trip is you met a lot of people who spend a lot of their time, even outside of their professional capacities, thinking about how we can use our talents to create a world that accepts more people, hmm. that makes space for more people, that um, creates pathways for a different style and kind of class of leadership. And my background is I'm from Sacramento, which you may or may not know, according to census is like the most <laughs> diverse city in the nation. Uh, but you know, I grew up there and so kind of diversity has been a part of my life for, you know, since I can remember, but yet I, you know, I went to Yale for undergrad. I live in New York and I now work in the art world and I have seen uh, what it's like to have to navigate these really elite spaces when they're not really designed for you. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've done a pretty good job at that, you know, admittedly, but it's not always so easy. And so I, I think that when you approached me with this idea about let's talk about inclusivity as it relates to art, um, and it was February. So I'm like, you know, that's the black people month. So, uh, <laughs> rather than run away from that cliche, I decided to lean all the way into it. And I think that I'm really excited to kind of talk about from a black creative perspective, what it's like to kind of navigate space, use art for social change and, um, I'm glad you've given me this podcast to explore that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're super excited to give you this platform, but the, the truth is this is our first time doing this. Um, you're kind of our guinea pig as, as a guest host. I feel um, like Obama. <laughs> well, so tell me a little bit about why, 
you know, we threw this idea of inclusivity at you, right? Um, so lean into it. Tell me why you're going in this direction of the black creative. Well, A, because I think that when people think of art, they don't think of black people that often. I yeah. mean, and that goes for even black people. Right. Um, I think that when you think of art, you think of people who have the luxury of, you know, contemplating what the world is going through and then producing something that is, you know, sometimes impractical. But the reason I work with artists, um, I don't have an art background. I have an MBA. Um, I was East Asian Studies in undergrad. Mm. Uh, And so I came to the art world mostly helping my friends who are artists and understanding that these are people who see a social problem and they think about it a lot. They come up with a solution. One that is not political per se, uh, in in the sense that most politicians are completely useless. Um, <laughs> but I think that they think really deeply about things in a way that is outside the box, that it's very humanistic. And that appealed to me because there's so few people who spend a lot of time doing that without the thought of, you know, I'm doing this for money or I'm doing this because it's expected. It's because it's genuine and it's because it's based on people being uh, valuable. And so I started, you know, speaking their language and able to translate that to like a business leader or the head of a foundation or the head of, you know, a city council and saying, if you think about things like this, you might be able to reach people a lot more effectively. You might be able to engage these communities um, in a more exciting, creative way, in a more effective way. You might be able to take these derelict properties, put some art in there, and then actually get people to think about why they like this neighborhood again. And so that's the practice that I've created in Sacramento that I've now kind of based in Los Angeles. And I think that, um, that's been a really eye-opening experience for me as someone who never thought about art having any kind of civic or political um, value as being kind of like the most effective tools that we have. And so I think that Black people, um, given what we've been through in this country, what we're still going through in this country, uh, and, you know, I'm a Black gay person, so, you know, I have all the oppression. Uh, <laughs> but yet, you know, I'm able to enjoy some spaces that like really would sometimes prefer me not be there. And so I think that from an art perspective, exploring people who are going through, um, you know, embarking on this journey or who have gotten pretty far and are now trying to center their identity, especially in the face of like our current political moment, people who have created their own spaces for their communities that have yet created partnerships with broader institutions or people who went straight to those institutions and are now commanding those spaces or people who now have incredible amounts of influence and are using that to, to weaponize and to kind of assert really progressive and sharp political opinions and outcomes. So that's all a lot of words to say, like, it's going to be a black ass month. I'm really excited <laughs> to come to you with all these really exciting guests. So the first guest um, is an artist named Jessa uh, Ciel. She and I um, go way back and she's actually the first uh, MFA photography graduate who's a black female at Cranbrook. Nice. And so she's going to talk about kind of what it was like to navigate that crazy ass space, yeah. um, which has yet given her a lot of opportunities and allowed her to, um, approach her creative practice in a astute and kind of identity centered way. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a slate of exciting guests that are, are just going to up the ante. So, um, thank you for this platform. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And, uh, I think your guests and your listeners will enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I have a billion more questions, but our listeners are just going to have to wait and see. I think they're really going to enjoy it. Uh, leave them wanting more. Exactly, man. <laughs> see, you got, you're already, you're a perfect interviewer. You okay. already got it. Uh, but before I let you go, as our listeners know, there's a little tradition here that we have to end every interview with some rapid fire questions to keep a, keep you on your toes, uh, get to know you a little bit better. So uh, let's let's do that before I let you go. Okay. I'm, I'm into it. All right. All right. So the first question is, what is your favorite food of all time? 
this is going to sound uh, very problematic, especially in light of our theme, but fried chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm not going to apologize. Look, man, it's delicious. Yeah, it is. The fact that it ever it's got my favorite thing to make, and when done well, my favorite thing to eat, and I'm not going to apologize. I appreciate that. All right. Second thing, what is your biggest pet peeve of all time? Hmm. Well, I mean, besides like uh, unprovoked racism and discrimination, uh, I would say that my <laughs> actual pettiest pet peeve is when people say I could care less. Because like, if you could care less, it means you care a little <laughs> bit. And right, what you right. should be saying is I could not care less. And that really grinds my gears, as Peter Griffin would say. <laughs> Does I this extend that. to like all the misused? Uh, that's the worst. That's happens? the worst offender. And it's uh, yeah, it's my worst. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it. Fair enough. I'll watch my tongue around you. Mm-hmm. I could not care less. <laughs> <laughs> See how I did there? Yeah. yeah. Great. T- turnabout. And then, all right, last one. What is your go-to guilty pleasure song? Thank you, next. <laughs> yeah, guilty pleasure? You got to be embarrassed by a guilty pleasure. That song is hot. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Well, look, it's going to be an awesome month. We're super excited to have you here. Um, I think our listeners are going to love these episodes that are coming up. So uh, they got to stay tuned and check it out. Thanks for having me. I can't wait. Let's do it. 